Let me tell you about uh, our spotlight sponsor. It's American Financing. Uh, if you'll take five minutes, ten minutes today and just call American Financing, uh, I believe you will thank me in the end. Uh, I've been thinking about all those people who uh, said to me in 2008, 9, and 10, you saved us from losing our mm-hmm. entire savings. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to speak to you again. Uh, now is the time that we have been talking about. And uh, loans are going to get harder and harder for you to get. Um, if you can consolidate and get out of those high interest credit cards, it would be advantage right now. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, uh, by the way, that's AmericanFinancing.net. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, what's coming economically in hour number two today. And it is the Fed in the conservatory with the interest rates. That game a clue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, tell you about that coming up. Uh, next, General Jerry Boykin and uh, a very frank conversation. Stand by. This hour, you're going to hear a very frank and honest conversation from two men, myself and another, who have been deemed by the Southern Poverty Law Center as hate monger central. We're the biggest racists. We're the biggest xenophobes. We don't like anybody. This guy has an incredible record of service to the country, uh, but uh, he's been under attack really almost, what, since 2006 when Islamists targeted him, and it still continues. And when I say attack, I mean literally under attack as well. He's one of the co-signers of the letter that I read to you yesterday in whole from the Flag Officers for America. It was a warning to Americans that you need to get involved in local politics. You need to know what's going on in our country. We talked to him at length about that in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, some people make it their business to try to spread a force for good in the world. And those people think God exists. That's what Pete and Seth Talbot set out to do when they founded Relief Factor. Most of the pain which keeps people down day after day after day comes from inflammation in the joints. And while the Talbots wanted to fight that inflammation, and while I can't speak for everyone, I can speak for myself, Relief Factor has played an enormous role in my world. used to be in terrible pain all the time. Now, 
I have my life back. I'm not in pain all the time. And it's because of relief factor. It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start now for only $19.95. So you don't have anything to lose. You'll know in three weeks if this is going to work. If it's not working within three weeks, stop taking it. But you could be part of that 70% whose life changes relieffactor.com call them now at 800-583-84 try the three-week quick start uh, pack 800-583-84 it's relieffactor.com this man was one of the original members of the u.s army's delta force he was privileged to ultimately command these elite warriors in combat operations Later, he commanded all the Army's Green Berets, as well as the Special Warfare Center and school. He spent 36 years in the Army, his last four years as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. He's an an ordained minister, and he is the head now uh, of the Family Research Council. He is the executive vice president, his name is uh, Lieutenant General William Boykin. General, how are you, sir? Hey, Glenn, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. Good to be with you. Um, I want to I start with the letter that was released the other day from the Flag Officers for America. Can you go into that, and especially for people who haven't heard it, go into the warnings and, and why you and others felt it was important to make these warnings? Well, Glenn, we all uh, all took an oath to the Constitution of the United States, and uh, we had no expiration date on that uh, oath that we took. Even though we took off the uniform, uh, we all feel that it is still our responsibility to support and defend that Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so we felt that uh, we had to, to do something. Uh, this is a first step. We don't we don't know what the next step is going to be precisely, but we are in this for the long haul. And uh, as we wrote this letter, we tried to outline uh, for not only the president himself, but for America, the things that we see that are uh, jeopardizing in an existential way the future of our nation. And uh, it will, in fact, uh, re- ultimately wind up in us not being a constitutional republic. Now, we started out with uh, voter integrity, and we made no claims directly that the president was illegitimate, but what we did do is we did point out that uh, both the court and the Congress uh, just completely ignored uh, the the charges that were brought uh, you know, up in terms of the voter integrity, and uh, and we clearly know that there were things uh, within this election, like dead people voting and illegal people voting and people voting without identification and state legislatures changing their laws without going through the proper process. Uh, so we, we point that out in here. I, you know, I, I said, Jerry, to the former president, uh, I don't know if there were where there was enough to sway the election. That would have to be proven. But right. you'll never convince me that this wasn't a very dirty election that may have gone the other way if we knew the truth. 
is that kind of where you're standing where i don't know but we have to have faith in our election we have to either prove or disprove it that is exactly where i stand personally and i think this group as a whole and that's basically what we say in the letter here uh, there was voter fraud, no question about it. Now, there's voter fraud in every election. Mm-hmm. This year, though, if you look at the evidence that is uh, that is verified evidence, there was a there was a lot more voter fraud this time than than uh, we are aware of in previous elections. And uh, you know, we just had a court ruling up in Michigan that the Secretary of State up there violated the law uh, in the voting process. So whether there was enough fraud that it would have made a, a difference or not. We're not addressing that in this uh, in this letter, and I personally don't know the answer to that, just as you said. But uh, that we know that there was some voter fraud, there was irregularities there. And what we're saying in this letter is that we have to have a system that people can have confidence in, that everyone is allowed to cast a vote, and that vote will be counted, and the will of the people will be served as a result of that election, and we have to uh, we have to do that in order to maintain this constitutional republic. And then we go on to talk to them about um, the way that our constitutional rights in mm-hmm. many areas are being eroded right now. And uh, let me and, before we get into that, let me let me ask you. Um, I really I thought it was horrible when. You know, former prosecutors and, uh, you know, and another time, you know, former generals and everything else came out against Donald Trump. And that when they did that, it was purely political. It felt to me uh, and uh, uh, and I could see if I were for Joe Biden, I might look at this letter and say, you only are playing politics. You're only saying this because it's it's uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, well, Joe Biden happens to be the president right now. But what we are seeing is we are moving to becoming a Marxist nation and and seeing the erosion of our liberties. Uh, It doesn't matter who the president is or the vice president. What matters to us is what we're seeing happen to our country. And you cannot deny anymore. No longer can you deny that we are becoming a Marxist nation. And that is something that uh, obviously you and I both have uh, taken a lot of flack for mm-hmm. uh, over the last four years as, uh, as being, uh, you know, we've been called racist, superior, uh, uh, supremacist, uh, supremacist, supremacist, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we've been called uh, conspiracy theorists and all kinds of things. The reality is today we have openly Marxist organizations in the streets of America that no one is doing anything about, but more importantly, we have them in our Congress. We have them. We're, we have sectors of our society that are being represented by Marxist, Marxist, hardcore Marxist, and uh, and and just start. They call themselves uh, democratic socialists. Well, go back and study a, a little bit on what <laughs> Marxism really is, and there is no such thing as a democratic socialist to begin with. Uh, that's a tor- that's a term that has been coined here, but but Glenn, we're seeing a Marxist movement here. I know that uh, goes all the way back to 1958 when the Communist Party USA wrote the Naked Communists, 
and told us exactly how they were going to take over America. And a lot of what we in address in this letter is is exactly what was written in that book in 1958. Hmm. And we see it unfolding now at a very rapid rate, and we address it in here. And So, uh, so if you're in the military now, you're, uh, you know, the current General Boykin, uh, and you're seeing what is happening to the country, and you're seeing what's happening to the Pentagon. I mean, it is... It's phenomenal when you when you have people now in solitary confinement, I think a violation of the Eighth Amendment uh, for an extended period of time, at least in solitary confinement and and a ramp up of the I think the lie that white supremacist is the greatest threat to our republic. Uh, you're being sent a message and the military is being looked at and you, you know, they're looking for enemies within. If you are, you know, a flag uh, officer now, Jerry, what would you be thinking? You know, uh, if I was a flag officer now, uh, I, I think I would be uh, probably uh, ready to walk into uh, whoever I reported to and lay my stars on the table and say, I can no longer with good conscience be part of this because of the oath that I took in 1970. Uh, and, and our military today is being used as a, uh experimental test bed. And, you know, you can't change American society in a substantial way unless you change the military. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Glenn, if you've seen the latest recruiting video. I have. The cartoon? The yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is so disturbing. Uh, especially when you think, what are our adversaries doing? What are they? Who, what kind of people are they recruiting, and and how are they pitching uh, the opportunities associated with serving in the military? And what they're doing is they're appealing to not only their patriotism, but uh, but their their willingness to go out and 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 put their lives on the line for uh, the uh, the country that they love, the country they live in, and uh, but if you know. Here's what people don't understand if they haven't served. You can give a soldier all the technology in the world. You can give him everything that is uh, available. But there's nothing more important on that battlefield than the cohesion and the morale of those men and and women that are out there fighting. Mm -hmm. That cohesion. And I've, I've written people up for the Medal of Honor and seen them in the White House to get the Medal of Honor because they sacrificed their lives for the other members of their team. Look, you don't get that by sitting people down in a classroom and saying, all of you guys over here that are white, you are oppressors. All of you guys over here that are black, you are the oppressed. And they're the ones that have done that to you. How do you build, how do you build cohesion? How do you build a strong team? You don't. That kind of nonsense. And I think that is exactly the intent. I mean, the intent of Marxism is to divide and conquer. And the military was the one place that still people had faith in and was, you know, cohesive. And it is being torn apart from the inside. We'll continue our conversation with General uh, Jerry Boykin uh, in, uh, in just a minute. Stand by. Literally one minute. Let me tell you about our our sponsor. It is Car Shield. 
A wise person once said life is like a box of chocolates. That's I don't know what that even means, but I think of chocolates and I'd like a box of chocolates at any time. And I believe also once your warranty expires on your car, it's only a matter of time before something's going to surprise break down. And right now, life is like a box of silicon chips. You right now, the average car, people are willing to pay five thousand dollars more to be able to get that car um, because there are no cars available. Now, cars are becoming harder and harder to get on the uh, on the car lots because of the silicon chip uh, uh, shortage. When you bring your car in your old, you know, I've got old trucks, I bring them in and it's a, a broken chip. Do you think they're going to say, oh, we got one of those on the shelves? They're already really expensive. Your car doesn't care about saving you money. Car Shield gets you covered. You're not going to be on the hook to pay the thousands of dollars. So get coverage today and see why Car Shield cars go further. Visit carshield.com. Use the promo code back and save 10%. Carshield.com. Promo code back. A deductible may apply. 10 seconds. Station ID. Lieutenant General uh, Jerry Boykin is with us, and we were talking about the military, talking about how they're being divided. When you, first of all, do you believe that white supremacy is the biggest threat to our nation? I believe that the uh, United States is going through the biggest con game that uh, we've ever seen, certainly in my lifetime. I'm sitting right here in my office right now, uh, six blocks from the Capitol. The Capitol is uh, is is surrounded with uh, concertina wire, uh, the, the kind of things that we use in a battle zone, and the White House has some as well. And then you have you have these uh, National Guard people out on the streets, Glenn. They don't even have a weapon. Uh, this is a con game. This is a con to convince the American public that white people. And those that are conservatives, especially those that are conservative Christians, are the biggest threat to America. They're a domestic threat. They're domestic terrorists. It's a con game. There's no intelligence that validates or reinforces that. Oh, you had, and, you had two people testify in, on Capitol Hill yesterday that, that that's what the intelligence is saying. <laughs> that, is just, that is absolutely not true. It, it is uh, that again is part of this con game. So what? So not true. So what if you again are? First of all, does the military serve the president? And I want to be careful on this question because I would say the same thing if Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan were in office, and right. I felt he was uh, dismantling the Constitution. Of the United States. I am not asking this about Joe Biden. I'm asking this in general terms. Does the military answer to the commander in chief or to the Constitution? Well, the Constitution makes the president in Article two of the Constitution. It makes the president the commander in chief. So, yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> they, op- they obey the orders of the president. 
But when there is when the president is clearly incapable of performing those duties, we have uh, we have an article. I think it's Article Twenty Five that also allows for the removal by the Congress of the president. Now, I'm not in any way advocating that. While I'm disappointed in what I'm seeing here with uh, Joe Biden's presidency, I'm not advocating that he be removed. But I I will tell you that the, the military takes an oath to the Constitution, but the commander-in-chief is the president, and they have to obey the orders of the president as long as they are legal orders. You cannot obey an illegal order. Now, I have never been confronted with that kind of thing, and I don't know that there's historically any situation uh, where this has happened. But, you know, people asked me before Joe Biden was uh, was. Uh, inaugurated, is the president going to declare martial law, or is he going to invoke the Insurrection Act? And my response to them was, I hope not. I cannot see a situation in which he would want to go down in history as the only president that refused to leave the White House and called out the military to ensure that he didn't have to. That is foolish because you got a tricameral government. you got three branches. And two of those branches, as far as I am concerned, in this election did not do their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that is the Supreme Court and the Congress. Because I, I think they were more afraid of the likes of Antifa and Black Lives Matters and the Marxist movement in this country. I think they were more afraid of them than they were focused on doing their jobs as uh, not only a Supreme Court with lifetime membership in that court, but also as uh, people that were elected by the people to represent them. Jerry, we have 40 seconds for you to answer this, and then we'll come back for, for some more. But um, what happened with the National Guard being called out, that didn't seem normal at all. There was no mission or anything. Is, was that normal? Was that right? No, it was part of the con. It's part of the con. You remember when uh donald trump offered the national guard and they wouldn't it was rejected yes. in fact the mayor of washington ran them out of a hotel mm-hmm. uh, this was a con this was all part of a con and it's still going on and they're still on the streets okay i want to turn our conversation to what our allies uh and our enemies are thinking uh we can start with the the hacker group dark side from we believe russia and what is happening with that and the president saying that's a private matter we'll pick it up with general boykin next this is the glenback program it's weird and scary to have these conversations isn't it mm-hmm. sure sure is <laughs> this is this is an adult conversation this will be taken out of context a million ways but these are the conversations we should be having in america calmly rationally uh timeshare termination team uh sound of the name is impressive but there are a lot of companies out there that claim they can get you out of timeshare not many of them have the resources and the reputation that timeshare termination team has so you bought a timeshare okay fine now have you been able to use it 
especially in the case of the past year. Were you able to use it at all? And you're still paying an arm and leg for it. Unlike other companies out there, Timeshare Termination Team has a dedicated team of in-house attorneys that work exclusively for this company and specialize in timeshare cancellation law. So get out 100% guaranteed. And if you use my name when you call, you'll get 20% off. So call 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-GET-YOU-OUT, or visit them online at timeshareterminationteam.com. That's timeshareterminationteam.com. If you missed last night's Glenn TV and Stu Does America, you can get them on YouTube. Subscribe for free. The channels are Stu Does America and Blaze TV. The former commander of all of the Army's Green Berets, as well as the Special Warfare Center and School, also Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence for his last four years after 36 years in the Army and an ordained minister. We are talking to uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, also the Executive Vice President of the Family Research Council. Jeez, Jerry, I wish you would have done something with your life. Um, uh, I want to I turn our attention over to our enemies here for a second, because you do talk yeah. about this in that in that letter letter from the flag officers um, that you released yesterday or the day before. Um, we have the the hit on the colonial pipeline. We we believe that dark side is from Russia. I, I don't believe you do anything like this on this scale in Russia without Putin at least giving a, a nod or somebody uh, saying, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can do that. The president said that this was a private matter and colonial would have to decide whether they paid the ransom or not. Um, huh. I, <laughs> I've 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 I mean, maybe I've watched too many episodes of 24, but I don't ever remember hearing a president say you can negotiate with terrorists. Um, and isn't this the federal government's primary uh, job to protect business and people from from foreign attacks? Yes, it is. I came into the uh, counterterrorism business when uh, the Delta Force was created in 1978, and one of the first things that they told us is we do not, as a nation, we do not negotiate or pay ransom with terrorists. And uh, and now it is a shock to me to hear this from the president's uh, administration. But, uh, look, I, I, I will just tell you that uh, this is an attack on our infrastructure. Look at what this is doing to the east coast of the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and if that is not a significant attack on America, then I don't know exactly what what it is so i don't know you're an expert in these things but if it were directly tied to the kremlin wouldn't this be an act of war oh i think it would and it's and we have to get used to uh the fact that uh, we are seeing uh, war in a different way than yeah. what we have seen in the past we've got to look at cyber attacks as being part of an attack on America uh, you that know, affects everybody. It wasn't, what, three summers ago that uh, Putin said, I don't know what I have to say to you, your, your European leaders, he was talking to the press, but we're already in war, and yeah. it's being fought with ones and zeros. 
Yeah, he and he was he was absolutely on the mark. He was spot on. He was prescient in in that statement. And it's uh, sad that uh, we haven't come to grips with that, and, un, and we don't understand that yet as a nation. We're still looking for tanks, you know, maneuvering on the battlefield before we're willing to call it a war. No, we're at war, and China is. We're very much at war with China, and have been for some time. And look, we're at war with Iran, and we're it's in some ways it's a surrogate war, but uh, you know we are fighting right now. What you see in in uh, in Jerusalem right now, what you see all over Israel right now, is is largely sponsored by, supported by, funded by Iran. Right. They're right in the middle of this, and we cannot ignore that. And they're going after our closest ally, probably in the world. Uh, oh, are they? Is, is Israel. <laughs> are they anymore? I mean, uh, Jerry, I've never seen a time where we have been on the wrong side of almost every issue. Yeah. Uh, we, we, are, we are negotiating with, <laughs> with hackers. We're negotiating with the terrorists in Iran. We're standing by why Israel is attacked. Uh, we are not doing anything about Russia. Uh, China is walking all over us. And our president's son still is taking paychecks from the Communist Party uh, apparatus in China. I mean, what do we, <laughs> yeah, who are absolutely. we? What, well, what does the world think of us right now? Look, I, I will tell you this. I, this is my belief, and I've said this on other programs. I don't believe that we would see uh, the events in, in Israel right now unfolding if no way. Donald Trump was still the president of the United States, because no I think he established that he was going to support Israel. And think about this. When he moved the embassy to Jerusalem, he was told by just about every one of his advisors, you're going to start a war, and, and it's going to be bad. Well, he moved it. And how long did the did, did the uh, rioting last there? Uh, about 24 hours, and it was over. Mm-hmm. Now, now, why do we now have a situation where this is uh, this is becoming very very serious there, and we've got probably well over a hundred people that are, are killed, and that that information is about 18 hours old right now. And this would not have happened, and it would not have gone on this long. I think that Donald Trump would have immediately stepped out and said to the world, what can I give you, Israel? What do you need? Yes. How can we help you protect yourself? Because this this whole thing is, is uh, I think, a test of Joe Biden's leadership. I think it's not only a test, but it is also uh, a test of the loyalty of those Marxists in yeah. our in our own uh, government as well, who are for all of this stuff. Let me um, yeah. uh, let me ask you about we now have a new number of one hundred and thirty people, far more than what was previously known. We haven't come out with the numbers with CIA. They are supposed to be substantial as well. Uh, but somebody has some sort of a ray uh, that was first seen in Cuba. It's now being seen in parts of the United States all around the world. Um, and it, it looks like it's tied to Russia. Any idea on the, the, the ray gun or whatever it's called or whatever it is that is causing these brain injuries in our spies and diplomats and soldiers? 
Well, first of all, this is not new technology. And keep in mind, the Chinese have, have had uh, uh, technology that would actually take out our satellites. They've had that for, for some time. And uh, one of our big challenges has been trying to defend ourselves against that. But I don't know the details of, nor specifically, where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you that this is not something that is being uh, designed and and deployed by the uh, evangelical Christians uh, <laughs> that are the, supposed to be the, uh, the biggest uh, domestic threat today. Uh, I, so I don't know that I don't know where it's coming from, but uh, once again, somehow it will wind up being blamed on on the very people that uh, that you and I represent. Who do you? What do you think of General Lloyd Austin? Lloyd Austin, I've known him for a long time, and Lloyd was a uh, he lived next door to me at Fort Bragg, and he was my uh, he was uh, a, a friend, and I think Lloyd had a very distinguished career. But I think that Lloyd was not prepared for the politics uh, that he stepped into in Washington. And as far as I am concerned, Lloyd has compromised on issues that he knows are not in the best interest of our nation. And, and again, this, this is where I say when you take time away from the training and the preparation for winning wars and you go through stuff like critical race theory, uh, you are wasting those soldiers' times uh, that they need to be ready to go prepare for war. And Lloyd Austin is advocating that and pushing that, and I think that's a huge mistake. So I think he's wrong about that, and I think he's gotten caught up in the politics of Washington, and it has had a negative effect on him. In your opinion, you said earlier that you would walk in and put your stars down on the desk and say, I can't serve this anymore. Uh, in your opinion, the the brass of the military, not the uh, not the the civil servants, but the the actual military. Yeah. What do you think the percentage is that is at least feeling like this is not right? Uh, this is there's something very wrong here. Oh, I think that uh, they all know. I, I'd say to the to every one of them knows that this is not in the best interest of the military to be off on this tangent that we're on right now and uh, making it a test bed as well as wasting the time uh, on on these nonsensical things like critical race theory. I think every one of them knows that. I think they all know that this is not helping our military. But I think that you've got uh, you've got some people in there that uh, that are very much on the left side of the political spectrum who are enjoying seeing this happen in spite of the fact that they know that it's not doing anything to make our military more effective on the battlefield. So does this just continue or do you expect to see people stand up? I think you're going to see a a quiet exit. I think that's that's not helpful, is it? No, a guy called me yesterday from Kuwait. He said, "I'm I'm over here." He said, "I'm." He had he had read the letter, and he called me and he said, uh, "I'm leaving." He said, "I can't take it anymore." He said, uh, "I'm going to help get them out of uh, Afghanistan here, and then I'm done." He said, "This what what I am seeing in the military today is not what I signed up for, and I am going to leave." 
Well, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I think that the recruiting, you just add, you know, go back and look at this recruiting ad, this little cartoon recruiting mm-hmm. ad that you and I talked about earlier. And you ask yourself, who is that going to attract? Who's going to, who is going to be stimulated to want to serve with an ad like that? And I think what you're going to see is not only a, a quiet exit, but I think you're going to see recruiting uh, really become much more difficult in our military. I think that uh, moms and dads are not going to want Johnny and Janie well, going into a military like this. I will tell you, um, my son has talked about you know possibly going into the military. And uh, I'm really torn. I want good people in the military, uh, but I am afraid of what they could easily become. The military is so critical to this nation. I mean, we wouldn't be a nation if it were not for the young men and women that have signed up, as Isaiah did, and said, here am I, send me. But... I have to tell you, I've got grandchildren now, and I don't know what I'm going to tell them. I don't want them in this army. I don't want them serving under this commander-in-chief or or under the uh, chain of command in our military right now that is standing by and watching the destruction of our military. This is a serious situation, and, and I'm with you, Clint. I don't know what I'm going to tell them, and I spent 36 and a half years in the military. Wow. General, I I just so love you, and uh, I thank you for your service. I thank you for your um, your willingness to speak out. I, I thank you for your willingness to speak uh, the words of of God uh, as you understand them. And uh, I just think you're a very very brave patriot, and I thank you for all of your service. Well, that's very kind of you, Glenn, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing and have been doing. And you've been doing this for a long time. So to stay in the fight, uh, we're going to ultimately, we're going to turn this around, but it's going to take all of us working together and being bold enough to not care what people say about us. Yep. And you're one of those people. God bless you, Jerry. Appreciate it. General, uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. All right. Um, you know, the irony is not lost on me that I spent all these years raising a boy so he could go out and mow the lawn for me, only for Hustler Turf to turn lawn mowing into something fun that now you're like, well, I want to. No, it's my turn to mow the lawn. Hustler Zero Turn lawnmowers are designed, engineered, and assembled in the U.S. using American and global parts. These, are, these things are built like tanks with a lawnmower blade. Uh, Hustler Turf is a third-generation family company. They provide hundreds of jobs in America's heartland, uh, and they build the best mower you can buy. I want you to look at their new 2021 Raptor series, built for homeowners with less than three acres. It can cut your your lawn mowing time in half. Visit your uh, your nearest Hustler dealership and take a hassle-free test drive. They're going to help you select the right lawnmower for your application. Be there after the uh, sale when you need parts or routine service. They are always there. Find your local Hustler dealer at HustlerTurf.com. There's over a thousand nationwide, so there should be one close by. Find your dealership at HustlerTurf.com. Coming up next hour, we are going to talk about the economy. What the hell happened to Elon Musk and Bitcoin yesterday? 
what the well, what is he doing you forget sometimes that elon musk is not a conservative no i know that <laughs> no. i know that but he is somebody who has believed it. in blockchain and everything else this the, he just came out and said he's stop he is going to stop taking bitcoin at tesla mm-hmm. um because uh the environmental impact of mining that's over in what like five yeah, years years and you know the majority of it is done with renewable resources i mean it's not <laughs> even just, it, it's it's compl- not a it's problem an inane argument that has been debunked a zillion times what Again, did he do why you, do you, you suppose for, he did that you forget that he is a guy who's building spaceships to escape global warming no, i know that and I, that is i, I know who that he is he's gonna believe the kind of environmentalist uh, craziness uh, at every turn and he like built his company on uh, bitcoin I, I mean he look tesla is a, an electric car company we forget uh, yeah. because we think of it as a really good car company and they make cool cars that go really fast and you know, he makes spaceships and he's an interesting guy and he's been really interesting on a lot of things uh, yeah. over the past few years. But you got to remember, this is his core. His core is the oh, craziest environmentalism you can imagine. No, and I mean, he is yeah. he is in with Al Gore. He's just instead of flying around on a jet, he's building a rocket and saying, I think we all should get off the planet. And I'll say, like, <laughs> like he's doing it uh, as a private business guy, and I'm fine. No, I'm I, fine like, I don't too. agree with him on this stuff, but it's like it's infuriating when he's, like, degrading a promising new currency that goes around the government because yeah. of environmentalist nonsense. Dropped 12% since yesterday. This is the Glenn Beck Program.